It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't care what that ref says. Orlando City scored that goal. We all saw it. Apparently, the ref didn't. Apparently, the VAR didn't. Orlando City should be in the playoffs today instead of having to wait for a a draw on Wednesday or a win or a draw on Sunday. But here we are complaining about the refs. Oh, uh, and the Magic lost on the road to Detroit. And we got some lineup questions to ask. Happy Monday. Happy City Edition Jersey Day. We'll talk about that later. Welcome to Locked On Magic. Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is November 1st, 2021. My name is Phil Rossenreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons. We'll break that game down a little bit with a little bit more detail um, uh, coming up here. We won't do the full box score review. I also did want to talk about the lineup decisions that Jamal Mosley is making, um, why the Magic are still struggling to find consistency, why this says a little bit about the Magic's new coach. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about keeping our focus on the big-term picture. Um, which I th- do think is going to be important uh, throughout the course of the season, but why that is maybe causing some struggles in the short term. I'll try and explain that a little bit better than I did in my article, um, a little bit more than what I was thinking uh, coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, we do want to make we do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen or just part of your regular podcast rotation every day. Um, I know I'm coming out a little bit later in the morning now, coming out closer to noon every day. So I want to thank you for taking the time on your lunch break, on your way home from work, wherever you are listening to Locked On Magic. We do appreciate it. We're now free and available on all platforms, as well as streaming on YouTube. We are planning to do some live shows throughout the course of the season. Um, I will not be able to do one uh, this week, uh, but we are planning to do a lot more interaction. Of course, if you catch us while catch us live on YouTube, you can ask questions and interact with the show directly. That's one of the reasons why. I have moved to a morning record. Remember, the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. So let's start with the Orlando Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons. Um, it was, in many respects, a very ugly game. It was, in many, very many respects, a uh, encouraging game. 
but in, in very many respects, it was also a disappointing game. Um, you know, I, you know, this is no offense to Detroit. The Magic are a better team than Detroit right now. Um, they, they're doing really good things. Um, and this game really came down to about a four or five minute stretch in the, at the end of the third quarter. Um, the Magic were, uh, the Magic had flipped a, a 10 point deficit in the first half, made it a one point game at halftime and turned it into a seven point lead. The third quarter, or at least the first half of the third quarter for the Orlando Magic was some of the best basketball they played all year. And, and we're seeing this now more consistently with the starting group, especially. And with some of those reserve groups that come in with the starters in the game, um, they're able to really sustain a high level of play. They're able to to get some really good, sh- really good shots, able to move the ball effectively, do all the things that Jamal Mosley has talked ad nauseum about what he wants his team to do. Um, I personally, I am super excited about what we've seen from the Magic to this point. Um, you know, I, I for for one in sixteen. There's a lot of things I really like about what the Magic are doing, and it's just about consistency. It's about being able to do it for 48 minutes because every game, and and we'll talk more about this in a little bit, every game the Magic have about a three- or four-minute stretch where everything falls apart. And that happened probably from about the five-minute mark of the third quarter to the very end of the third quarter. The the Pistons went on a 19-to-1 run and flipped a seven-point deficit into a 10-point lead. And really, and they had a nine-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Um, and on the fifth game in seven nights, Orlando just really ran out of gas. And again, I don't think that's an excuse. I don't think that's the full reason. I think momentum just really turned on them, and they just didn't have the reserves to go to go get back into the game. And again, credit to the Magic. They got down by as much as 18. Their deep bench group played with a lot of energy. They played well. Michael Mulder hit a, hit a couple shots. Cole Anthony continues to play extremely well. The Magic were able to cut that deficit and make things maybe kind of interesting for a little while. Um, Again, we'll talk more about Jamal Mosley and some of his rotation decisions coming up here in just a moment. But the Magic the magic just let the bottom drop out here. Um, they, the lineup that was out there during the critical stretch of the game, during that third quarter stretch, was R.J. Hampton, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Chuma Okiki, uh, uh, and uh, Moritz Wagner. Uh, I think I got everyone. Hampton, Hampton, Harris, Ross, Okiki, uh, and Moritz Wagner. Frankly, at this point, and again, I do want to talk a little bit more about the lineups. At, at this point, um, any lineup that does not have one of Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs at point guard is a bad lineup. Um, RJ Hampton at point guard just has not worked. Any lineup that has that does not have Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter at center. Um, It's not that it's necessarily a bad lineup, but more often than not, it's going to be a bad lineup. And the Magic let go of this game with, this is frankly a lineup the Magic should not be, should not have um, out on the floor. Um, Again, there are some questionable rotation decisions coming out of the fourth quarter, especially um, starting Ignas Brosdakis for the fourth quarter was certainly a choice. Um, But, it's not that Orlando gave the game away. Detroit won the game. Their veterans, Kelly Olynyk, Corey Joseph especially, Trey Lyles made some great plays. They were the ones that finished the game. I'm sure Detroit fans are happy to get that first win, but maybe a little bit upset that their young players were not the ones that delivered the win. Um, Cade Cunningham made his debut, um, you know, looked looked like a rookie, looked like a guy who's in his first game and hadn't played in a while. 
Um, you know, they're, they're, they were, they were shorthanded too. They were not playing their best players and, and they were using their veterans to beat a very, very young magic team. And right now the magic's veterans and Gary Harris and Terrence Ross just aren't giving the team what they need consistently. Um, and, and that's, this is what happens. Um, I'm dis- I'm disappointed because this was a winnable game. I don't care if it was. I know it was the fifth game in seven nights. I know the schedule's been brutal to this team. Um, I'm disappointed because this is a game that I felt the Magic, you know, had a chance to win. Uh, y'all y'all know my philosophy on things. I I, I know this team's not going to win very many games. But when you have the opportunity to win, I want to see the team win. Um, if you're losing because of youthful mistakes, if you're losing because you know you're putting the ball in Jalen Suggs' hands to get late game situations. Um, and, and he's making mistakes. To a certain extent, I can live with that too. And we'll talk again a little bit more about that philosophy coming up here in a minute as well. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not angry about that. I don't get, I won't get angry about that. What I will get angry about is if the team isn't put in a position to win. If the team uh, continually makes mistakes that aren't learning mistakes, but just silly mistakes. Um, and in this one, there was a lot of that. Gave up a ton of offensive rebounds in the first half. Um, did a good job locking that down in the second half, just like they did against Toronto on Friday. Um, put themselves in a position to win. They played, again, some of their best basketball in that third quarter. Um, you know, the ball moved, the ball the ball flew across the lane. I don't think Detroit did very much differently defensively. I think Orlando sort of forcing some shots, stopped moving the ball. You know, yeah, they missed some shots, and missing shots was a big key in the first half as well. Um, but the Magic's defense really kind of let go of the rope. And, you know, even though the Magic's defense is now improving, um, it is still the worst defense in the league at the moment by defensive rating. This team's better than that. And, and right now, I think the Magic are kind of searching for a 48-minute effort. Um, and, and I think that's that's the frustration is, is we see all this good and it just hasn't come together. Let's go quickly through the box score real fast uh, for the Orlando Magic as they fall. Uh, they fall 110-103 to the Detroit Pistons. Franz Wagner, 19 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 3 for 6 from deep, continues to play. Fantastic! I love everything that Franz Wagner is doing in this game, uh, doing doing for this team. Just a really solid game for him. Uh, just again, if, if the box score doesn't do it justice, watch him play. He does a lot of just really smart things on the floor. Um, Mo Bamba, ten points, three rebounds. Disappointing coming off of back to back double doubles. He's got a rebound. Um, you know, he's good on the offensive glass, but really poor on the defensive glass. He's got to do a lot better there. Cole Anthony, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 6 for 11 shooting. Cole Anthony has found his groove, folks. He is, honestly, he is the best player on the Magic right now, just, just by the way he's playing. Um, the Magic just do not function very well without him. Um, Jalen Suggs, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 for 13 shooting, 0 for 4 from deep, just and 2 turnovers. Um, Suggs, I think, is still is still getting there. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I don't hate these Jalen Suggs games. The shots are the only thing that's frustrating about him right now. Uh, third quarter, he took over the game with his defensive effort. Um, just to be just to be fair, like he he was all over the place defensive. Magic had some incredible defensive possessions in that third quarter. Um, so I, I really really like uh, what Jalen Suggs is doing. The shot's going to come. I have no doubt about that. The shot's going to round out uh, for him as well. Um, R.J. Hampton, eleven points, four for seven shooting off the bench. Uh, Moritz Wagner, thirteen points, four for seven shooting, four for six from three off the bench as well. Um, if there's a reason Mosley went with that lineup that I uh, that I do not like, it's because both Hampton and Wagner were playing well. He rolled the dice a little bit. Um, again, we'll talk a little bit more about what, I, what I'm deeming the zero lineups coming up here in a minute. Chumo Kiki, first game back, struggled, two points, one for three, three turnovers, still getting his feet under him. I think he'll be a lot better tonight against Minnesota. 
The Atlanta Magic fall to the Detroit Pistons 110 to 103. I want to talk about what I've termed, what I've called the zero lineups um, and why the Magic are kind of stuck using these lineups and how the Magic can prevent them in the future. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster, and you need Indeed to find them. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, what you really, really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find the talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. With Indeed Instant Match, more than 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job posts, according to Indeed data. Candidates who invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search, according to Indeed data as well. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at Indeed.com slash locked on. Again, get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's podcast also brought to you by pals at DirecTV. Now, does this sound familiar? It's a weekend. It's There's basketball going on. It's a, it's a sports equinox day. There's football, basketball, hockey, baseball. Everything's going on. So you got one device that lets you catch the game live on the TV. Another that's streaming the other game on your device. Uh, you're watching another game or some sports highlights on your phone. And and you got another device because everyone's got 15 devices with the other game on. It's a lot to handle. A lot of devices and switching between them is not easy. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Street, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listen, your lunch listen, your workout listen, your home from work listen, or your relaxed by the fireside listen. I don't think people do that, and certainly not here in Florida. We are free and available on all platforms, as well as streaming live on YouTube and, and on demand on YouTube, I, I suppose. So I want to talk a little bit about Jamal Mosley's rotation decisions and some of the choices that he's made um, with with rotations. Um, I want to give this free warning first. Um, like this is a young team trying to figure out how to play and win in the NBA. 
Jamal Mosley's a first-time head coach, um, I think, at any level. Um, you know, he's coached some summer league teams, but this is the first time he's really had to manage a team in a season. Um, and I think we are experiencing and seeing some of those growing pains. Um, so, like the players, I want to judge Mosley on a progression. I want to say, okay, start of the season, yeah, he had some struggles. You know, there's maybe there's the San Antonio game, he didn't play Wendell Carter enough. The this, this game against Detroit, he didn't play Wendell Carter enough, got in foul trouble. We got away from him, and Carter just kind of fell out of the rotation. The minutes that he would normally play um, were no longer minutes that that the Magic were competitive in, and so he ended up sitting. Um, there, there's a lot that obviously Mosley is managing, um, and, and he's learning that on the fly. Um, you know, I, I, I agree that you should be critical of decisions that he makes that cost the team games. Um, I think people were rightly questioning and wondering about the timeout the Magic called at the end of that game against the Toronto Raptors. Um, in that game, the Magic had gotten a stop. They were down one with about 10 seconds left. He chooses not to call a timeout, which I think was a great decision. Um, Suggs had Jalen Suggs had the ball in his hands, and as he was driving to the basket, Mosley called a timeout, and the play stopped. Um, Orlando was able to, Orlando got the inbounds into Cole Anthony, Gary Trent knocked it away. Um, and Anthony had to take a three pointer for the win that he missed, uh, from mid court. Um, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the tape on that. Um, I'm not against that strategy. I didn't think it was terrible, but again, it's a close game. It was a decision that was made. It was a choice. We do have to question and, and analyze that choice. And I think that's perfectly all right. In this game, Mosley put out a lineup that did not seem like it was designed to win the game. Um, you know, all the numbers suggest the Magic struggle when Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs are not on the floor. All the numbers suggest that RJ Hampton really struggles. Now, he's found a starting lineup. He's found a starting group that's really good. But it's also clear that in every game that the Magic have played this year, there is at least a three to four minute stretch where the Magic are bad. And not just like bad, bad, not just they lose the lineup bad, but catastrophically bad. The thing that I think we're kind of learning about this team is that they can do really good things. Um, really, since the Knicks win last Sunday, I have been really encouraged by this team. Um, I, I really like the things that they're doing. And the issue is just they can't do it for 48 minutes because when this team is bad, they're really bad. Like, that's the issue. There's no kind of bad. There's decent and good, and there's really bad. And there's very little in between. Magic, The Magic, you know, are really pushing even. When they have a group out there that just clearly doesn't work, that doesn't work, it does not work. And I think one thing that Mosley has to do, or one thing Mosley should consider doing, is having a quicker hook. Knowing which lineups are going to be trouble. Um and which uh, and be and pulling and pulling that lineup out sooner uh, than letting it ride. That happened in, th- in Saturday's loss to the Pistons. The Pistons closed the third quarter on a twenty-seven to eleven run. They outscored them nineteen to six in the final four fifty-four of the quarter. Again, with Hampton, Harris, Ross, Okiki, and Moritz Wagner out on the floor, they made seven of eight shots and three three-pointers. Again, some of that is is luck. Sometimes you know there's going to be times where you get the doors blown open. But that lineup especially uh, was not a lineup that I think most people liked or most people would would intentionally play. There's definitely a bit of planning going on here. There's definitely a bit of difficulty planning this team. It's obviously 
injury depleted at this point. It's obviously not the full roster the Magic are going to have. Um, and I think Mosley is trying to make sure that he keeps certain groups together. That Magic starting group is still one of the best in the league um, by net rating among groups that have played a significant number amount of time. But very, very clearly, Jamal Mosley is still getting a feel for the kind of rotations he wants to build. Through seven games, the Magic have used 85 different lineup combinations, and only 24 of those have played in more than one game together, and only 14 have played more than six minutes together. We're seven games into the season, and we have only 14 groups that have played a total of six minutes to get six minutes or more together. That means that's what 71 have played less than a minute per game, you know, of a full a full game, you know, of all the games the Magic play. They haven't obviously used them all in the same in the same lineup, but assuming those 14, you know, again, like that's that's a lot. That's 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 not a lot. That's not a lot of time to get settled. That's not a lot of time to know when you're coming in. I mean. Steve Clifford was criticized plenty for not changing his rotations. I criticize him plenty for changing his rotations, but I do think his point was always right about consistency. If players know who they're playing with and when they're coming in the game, they'll be a lot more comfortable. And in fact, that was a key part of the Magic's fast start last year. Again, some of it was familiarity. Some of it was certainly more veterans. But through seven games last year, the Magic had used only 52 lineups with nine playing 14 or more minutes to that point. The Magic had a much better understanding of their players and what rotation and playing groups were, and that obviously led to some success. So again, the difference is 85 to 52 different lineups at this point of the season. Mosley is experimenting, and I, and I think he should get some credit for that. He is willing to try different things. He's willing to say, I need to figure out what works, and yeah, I'm going to use games to figure some of that out. Lineups that have not worked, have not returned. It's pretty, it's that simple. And so, especially as the team gets healthy again, and now Chimo Kiki is going to get reintegrated back into the lineup, um, the team is going to figure out a regular playing rotation. Still, these rotations are meticulously planned. When Mosley wants to put players in, he's not playing the opponent. The Magic aren't making sure they match, you know, Chumo Kiki's minutes or Gary Harris's minutes with LeBron James or anything like that. They're going to play their playing groups. And that's how they should approach these things. But in those plans, Mosley is still getting stuck putting out lineups like the one at the end of the third quarter on Friday, on Saturday night. Still getting stuck putting out lineups that just clearly aren't going to work. Either, either he believes RJ Hampton should be playing some point guard, which the evidence would suggest that that is a very bad idea. Or the way he's constructed his rotations and the way that he's mapped out his minutes forces him to do this. Now, again, some of these problems are going to be solved by getting Markel Fultz back. Some of these problems are going to be solved by getting Jonathan Isaac back, whether that's sometime this month or in December. It's coming very, very soon. But the Magic have to be smarter about these rotations because wins matter. You know... I really like how the Magic are playing. I'm really confident in the way that they're playing. But they got to get some wins. Like, 
Like, I know they're not going to win every game. I know that I, I want them to be competitive in every game. I want them to have a chance to win every game. And since that second New York game, I think we can say pretty confidently that, yes, Orlando was played into the fourth quarter with the game on the line. They lost to Charlotte. They lost, you know, Miami. They gave up a big run in the third quarter. So then maybe that game, they weren't in it in the fourth quarter, although it stayed within like 15, 12 points. So like they, 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 they were a runaway for making that interesting. Um, Charlotte was a tight game in the fourth quarter, tight game in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter. Orlando gave that one away on turnovers and, and mistakes. Um, Toronto, the Magic fought really hard. They made that 11-0 run to get back into the game, made that a game, had a chance to win it on the final possession. I can't be upset about that. Detroit, that's a game they should have won. That's a game they should have been more competitive in. And it really just came down to a five-minute stretch that turned the game on its head and killed all the momentum for this young team. Again, I'll give Mosley credit on this. He is thinking about fatigue. He is thinking about all the important things and, and keeping this team healthy so that they can continue to learn and grow. But you got to make a push for wins. You got to win when the opportunity is there. Um, and no team is going to completely buy in without some results. But I want to close today's show with another thought. Um, I think that... Mosley has some in-game adjustments that he needs to make and, and adjustments to the way that he is coaching games. But I think the overall big picture is still pretty healthy and still in good shape for this Magic team. And we'll talk a little bit about what that overarching philosophy might be. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar... That's so many delicious flavors. There's literally something for everyone. Whether you want a fruity flavor like strawberry or orange or a savory flavor like double chocolate or cookies and cream. It, Halloween's over, but the sweets and the treats do not end. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy for you too. Check out the macro, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. That's 4 to 5, not 45. And only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're amazing flavors are all tasty, all healthy. This is the protein bar for the non-protein bar person, just as much as it is for the protein bar person. It's a great snack in the middle of the day. It's a great pick-me-up after a workout. It's exactly what you need. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. They also have plenty of special flavors. It's still fall. The pumpkin flavor, I think, is still available as well. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, much of my time after Saturday's game um, was spent talking about these rotation decisions. Um, and, you know, I, 
I'm trained as an attorney. I, I, I play devil's advocate a lot. People ask me questions. Uh, I don't always answer with my opinion. I answer with what I think is going on. Um, that doesn't mean I necessarily agree with everything that I'm saying. It doesn't mean I agree with what the team is saying. I'm just trying to give perspective on what the team is trying to accomplish. And as I was having these conversations with people about the rotation and saying like, look, I, I this is not how I would run things. Um, like I said, that lineup... Once it got tied, I would have brought back Wendell Carter at the very, very least. I would have put in Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony at the very, very least. I would have looked at, okay, I need to stabilize this lineup. How do I do that? Um, and, and I would have I would have broken my plan to make sure that we stay competitive. Um, I think winning is important. I think you should be playing games to win. And I think players can sense and they, they check out when they sense that you aren't trying to win games. And again, I'm not saying that Jamal Mosley is not trying to win games. But what came out for me during all those conversations um, was a thought that I had during the Olympics. Um, you know, I was, I'm still, I'm very, very critical of the USA basketball program. Um, I think that it is being run very, very poorly right now. Um, and it's, you know, not costing them gold medals yet, but the World Cup was an embarrassment. And there were a lot of struggles at the Olympics that they were able to overcome. And, I think that I think the problems that I described were more systemic problems with USA basketball and less to do with Greg Popovich, but Greg Popovich looked overmatched. Um, he was, you know, making some mistakes. He was having the team do some things during those exhibition games that were strange um, and costing the team games and making everyone super worried. But Greg Popovich is better than anyone at keeping the big picture in mind. And I ate my words, I ate crow, when the U.S. walked to a victory in the gold medal game. When they ran through the entire tournament, the whole knockout stage, and won with ease. They were by far the better, the best team. They were by far the gold medal winners. Simple as that. Popovich deserved a lot of credit and deserves a lot of credit throughout his career for keeping his team focused on the big picture. What are our ultimate goals? What are we trying to accomplish this season? And Popovich isn't afraid to sacrifice a game in the middle of the season. He isn't afraid to say, we're going to work on this thing or we're going to play this player because we're going to need him in the playoffs and we need him to stay ready. He's not afraid to make questionable decisions in the short term to build something for the long term. Now, Jamal Mosley is not Greg Popovich. Let's make that really clear. Their experience levels are completely different. The kind of teams they're playing with are also completely different. Popovich has rarely had to play with a team uh, that's rebuilding like, like his current team is or like this Magic team is. But I think that lesson is still really, really important. This season is not about winning or losing an individual game. This season is not about the win-loss record in a lot of ways. This season is about development and improvement. This season is about setting a tone for the kind of team the Magic want to be. Setting the foundations for who they want to be. Now that stuff's a lot harder to track. That stuff's a lot harder to kind of get your grasp on. And I think wins are an important measure of that at some point. But 
Mosley is also focused on that long-term goal and that long-term vision. And he's willing to maybe make some questionable decisions or, or, or build his rotations or, or coach his way with that in mind. Like I said, despite the Magic's 1-6 record, I am extremely encouraged. The lineups and the players we care about are doing really good things. Jalen Suggs, for all his struggles shooting the ball, has been phenomenal defensively. His energy has been incredible. He is making some great plays. And we see flashes of that scoring ability. We see flashes of that passing. And yes, those pieces got to come together. It's going to be a key phrase throughout the course of this, this segment. Um, Cole Anthony has stepped up and played with a ton of confidence. Franz Wagner has looked incredible. Mo Bamba looks like he is playing with confidence. And while there are still plenty of things to clean up and improve upon, with Bamba, he is playing really well. Wendell Carter is doing a lot of good things. And especially that group playing together has been phenomenal. If anything, the Magic need to find ways to make sure that group is on the floor more or figure out ways to tweak that group to maintain a sustained level of play. This team is shorthanded, though, and not and everyone can't play 48 minutes. And as Mosley said after, after Saturday's game, one of the reasons his rotation became what it was is he was concerned about injury on the fifth, fifth game of fifth game in seven nights. And so he didn't want to overtax players. Only Cole Anthony really played more than 30 minutes in the game. He played 35, which is a ton. Um, again, injuries are forcing him to, to have to play players a little bit more than they want. Um, his goal was also to make sure everyone gets through the season healthy. We don't want a repeat of last season. Um, and so if that makes him a little bit more conservative with minutes, and if that makes him a little bit more conservative um, with changing some of these lineups uh, and reacting through the course of the game, it is for a bigger reason. It is for a big picture reason. Now, do I agree with that? Do I think that that is worth it? Um, you know, I don't have all the data, but I would say again, I would have, at once that game was tied in the third quarter, I would have come back with Wendell Carter. If the Pistons picked up a five-point lead, I would have broken that lineup and come back with Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs, something to try and stabilize the team. Um, I would have had a quick hook on that group that I'd identified as a questionable lineup, as a lineup like, oh, I've got to play this group. I don't have a choice. i got to rest these guys. I do think that there needs to be better in-game adjustments to the rotation and better feel for how the game is going. But I would say that those big-picture items, those long-term vision items, have been pretty encouraging. The Magic are doing the things we want them to do. The bell plays are all there. The team is playing with energy, effort, intensity. They're doing a lot of those things for a long time. They're not quite at 48 minutes yet. It's maybe a 40, this is maybe a 40, 42, maybe 43 minute team. And those five minutes decide games. You know, whether the Magic can weather those five minutes where there's where those zero lineups are out there, um, you know, those, those, those little pockets, whether they survive those, that's the game. That's, that's the game. That's it. But the long-term check marks, the culture check marks are all there. And in that sense, I think Jamal Mosley has been successful so far. But you can't just live on that alone. You got to win games. And we can't look back at the end of the season and say, this rotation decision, this consistent rotation decision, and it's been consistent now um, 
throughout the course of this early season. Jamal Mosley's got to settle down and pick a rotation here and pick a pick a consistent playing group and pick a consistent uh, consistent kind of pathway through the through the through the game. We can't sit here and say the coach is why we lost a lot of games. That's that's not going to fly. Players need to lose games, not coaches. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in. Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled device. We're also now streaming on YouTube, so check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Locked on Magic. Thanks for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. We do appreciate being part of your podcast rotation. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we will talk about the Orlando Magic's game against Minnesota Timberwolves as they close out this road trip in Minneapolis. It should be a fun game there. Now, go make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Frost. I'd like to see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.